There are so many of us committed to improving the lives of the youth in our communities. The In It For Youth podcast is a place for us to come together, from professionals who work with and serve youth to those that champion issues affecting children, to community advocates and stakeholders, and insightful young minds too. The In It For Youth podcast is a tapestry of voices united by a dedication to youth well-being and empowering the young generations of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Jamie Gale, and I'm so glad you've joined me on this team that is In It For Youth. Hello and welcome to the show. Our guest today is one of the very coolest people I know. She offers a unique and important lens on how to support youth. Today, I'm joined by Wesley Zimmerman. Wesley is the owner of Outdoors We Learn, an all-outdoor nature-based education program offering after-school and summer camp opportunities for kids. Outdoors We Learn, or OWL, has programming for students ages four through high school and is located within the city of Madison's best nature spots around town. Prior to running OWL, Wesley was an elementary school teacher for 14 years, including being a second and third grade classroom teacher, a wellness teacher, and a nature play educator. Wesley has her elementary education teaching degree from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, go Badgers, and her sustainability leadership master certificate from Edgewood College. Wesley has also served as a world teach teacher in Namibia, Africa, and has an extensive history as a camp counselor at overnight and day camps. Wesley is also the mom of two daughters, ages four and six. Wesley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. So I am so excited to talk with you about all of your experiences and perspectives today. Could you start by filling listeners in on what your current work with youth looks like? I work for OWL. So we have an all outdoor nature-based education program. I often pick students up from school and then we play outside and we do games and nature-based activities. We learn about nature. We play in nature. We learn about each other and ourselves So your company, Outdoors We Learn, is growing so quickly and offers such unique experiences for kids here in Madison. Can you tell us about the variety of opportunities that kids have with OWL right now? Mm -hmm. So in MMSD, in Madison School District, there's early release on Mondays. So we have an almost three-hour program on Monday afternoon where we pick up kids And then we play outside. Tuesdays, we have a garden club where we go to gardens around town. Just last week, we were putting plants in the rain garden at Thoreau. And then on Wednesdays, I meet with an older group. And that's games and walk and talks in nature and just a playful outdoor way to spend the after school time. We also have programs for when there's no school. It's called No School Owl. So we typically meet at Hoyt Park, but it's been in different spots. And it's an all-day program. And the kids have shared that they really look forward to no school, not only because there's no school, but because they get to go play outside with their friends. That is so great. So do you pre-plan the curriculum for Owl? Or like, what does a typical day look like? I guess there's a couple different types, but... What are the shorter after-school activities like, and what are your full-day programs like, either whether it's no school or summer camps? Like, How do you put the plan together? Yeah, we start with an opening circle usually. We always have after-school snack for certain programs. And then we usually play a game, and we have free play time sometimes or a walk and talk. 
sometimes there's like a mission, like go see if you can find two different nuts and three different types of leaves. Or sometimes, you know, when we're at Thoreau, there's this really magical creek there. It's like a storm drainage creek and it's it changes with the rain and the weather and so it's always new and sometimes we spend over an hour playing in the creek we hike through the arboretum yeah and then i i love to incorporate nature art i i I just love the idea of kids working really hard on something outside, working together, finding their own nature materials. Sometimes we'll do weaving or like more ephemeral nature art. We've tie-dyed with natural materials before. Yeah, things like that. Lashing, building. So you kind of come in with like a mix of open-ended and then structured activities. Is that kind of what kids experience in the program? Yeah, there's there. It's structured and unstructured, so um, it's not just like we're supervising outdoor play, but there is an element of that. Sometimes it is that, but it's we tend to um, engage more than just supervise. Yeah, so so we do come in with planned ideas, but you know we always say planning is important, but the plan is not. So we want room for their for kids to share their ideas or say like, hey, we played this cool game in, you know, gym class, can we try it here? And it's like, yeah, tell me about it, you know? So there's always room for the kids to have their ideas. Or like, Wesley, I really want to build something today. What can we build? Or, you know, fairy homes. Or kids come in with what they want to do. And and then we also have a plan. And we try to just incorporate it and, and go with the flow. I love that. I love that. So, okay, I have to ask the obvious question. Why outdoors? Every parent has told their kids, get outside, it's quote, good for you. But why have you decided to focus your career on an all outdoor education program? Yeah, honestly, it's selfish. I like to be outside. So when I was a teacher, I remember I would look out the window and I would count down the minutes, just like a kid, like for recess, because I had recess duty. And I was like, okay, 45 more minutes till I can get outside. Seriously, and I I don't know, I, I can't be the only one. Even though I was working at a school that really valued outdoor play, we had two or three recesses a day, which is unheard of in some settings. I just wanted to go outside. I felt so cooped up. Mm. We started this outdoor day once a week, and then it morphed into other things. There's so much indoor time. There's so much for everybody that... We all need to spend more time outside. We all know it's good for us. We see it in our kids. So many outdoor nature programs in Madison have moms at the helm. Moms started these businesses because they were like, wow, when my kid's outside, they're happy. And they come home and they're hungry and they eat their dinner. And then they go to sleep at bedtime, like right away. It's like everything we want for our children happens outside. They get stronger, right? They get more balanced. They get sunlight, healthy amounts of sunlight in all seasons. They play with their friends. They develop their imaginations. And that we know that that's the precursor to having empathy because you have to imagine what it feels like to be someone else or something else, right? Everything we want for our kids happens outside and everything we want for ourselves. I feel better when I've spent time outside. I'm so cranky if I'm inside too much. Yeah. That's really beautiful. 
That was, this is why you're the coolest. <laughs> this is why you are the coolest. You mentioned that your previous school started with an outdoor day. So for someone who's thinking, okay, I need to start integrating more outdoor time. Can you fill listeners in a little bit more about how to advocate and push for more time outside in formal education settings or in other areas? Yeah, I think administrators really listen to parents. If you know that your child's teacher is wanting to spend more time outside, they might just need the permission from the administrators to go, or they might need the extra support person like a caboose in their line or someone to hold the hand of someone who tends to wander, you know, like they might just need these. I'm not going to say they're small because those are actually big things, but they might just need a little bit of help. And as parents, what we can do is advocate for what we know is best for our kids through the administrators. I think teachers are trying their best and I don't know if they need to hear about that from us as parents so much, but we could just as parents share like, Hey, I'm, if you are around during the day, like, let me know if you need a caboose for your line, or let me know if you need anything for your time outside today or whatever, like just offering to help. And I know that's not available to everyone. And then I think there's something, I think we all just need to get outside more. So we feel more comfortable. So parents and teachers, everyone, so that we're like, oh, I'm cold. I guess I should put a sweatshirt on under my winter coat. Or, you know, so we we learn how to keep ourselves comfortable outside. We can stay outside longer. And then we can bring our littles. We can feel more comfortable bringing our littles with us. Like, oh, I know where to go when the wind is coming from this direction. I know which tree to go under to break the wind, things like that. The more we're outside, the more we feel comfortable and we're more apt to go there with our kids, with our students, their nieces and nephews. So that's a perfect segue to my next question. We live in Wisconsin where there's pretty much like a 140 degree Fahrenheit swing in temperature during the year. Our winters are frigid. It can get down to 25 degrees below zero and all the way up to 105 or more in summer. So how do you navigate this with your programs? Is the weather change a pro, a con, both? We're so lucky to live with four seasons. It brings such variety to outdoor play and it gives us so many opportunities to develop our resilience. Like, oh, my feet are completely soaked. And I'm uncomfortable. So how can I, like, think about all the situations in your life where it would benefit you to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Like all those situations where you're just like, I can settle into this. And that learning can start when you're a baby, when you're two, when you're four, when you're six. Being comfortable being uncomfortable can give you so many skills for the rest of your life. Also, it's fun. (laughs) Winter is fun. It's fun. Some of my best days, like best, I mean, like most memorable or the days that I come home with the best stories or I'm the happiest. It's when it's raining and it's raining hard. (laughs) Those can be so fun. Yeah. And then what, what a gift to be able to really appreciate a 75 degree day, sunny, eight mile per hour winds, right? Like what a gift to be able to really 
drop into that appreciation <laughs> and not take it for granted. So it's mindset. And then obviously, practically, when you have a group of kids and whether it's torrential rain or whether it's freezing temperatures or super warm, super hot, how do you just logistically deal with that? I mean, I think that's something that people e mm. even, so I direct a summer camp as well. And one of the quote benefits in my mind is that I it's indoors mostly. And so we have this backup, but you intentionally create a situation where there is no backup. And so that does force everybody to get comfortable with the un being uncomfortable. And I think that's so brave and, and special. And as the director of the program, you have to be prepared. So I guess just logistically, how do you do that? There are places where we can build a fire. So there are places where we're not allowed to, like in the Arboretum, but like at Hoyt Park or sometimes at the Glen, if it's really cold, if it's a really cold day, we, we'll definitely build a fire. And and fire can just draw kids mm. in. They have to collect the wood. They have to start the fire. Sometimes we use those fire sticks and making sparks over cattails. Yeah. And then other, other times, you know, we could put up a tarp for some shelter from rain. And we have had to cancel programs before. And some of the weather that we cancel is when it's like 38 degrees and raining that because it can be it's like 38 degrees and rain is almost worse than like a five degree sunny day you know it can be almost unsafe to be out when you're super wet and it's that cold other than that though we'll do our best and we'll keep moving to stay warm Sometimes the snack we have will be warm, like warmed applesauce instead of like a cold <laughs> cheese stick, you know, just thinking about different things or, or sometimes I'll just serve hot water or tea instead of drinking cold water, things like that, that can really help. And then on those super hot days, water games, <laughs> finding shade, finding the breezy spots. Yeah dipping our toes in water if there's a creek nearby that's helpful yeah it's like really living in the season finding ways to cool down naturally and how cool is that what a great skill to know like oh I I don't need to have I mean air conditioning is great right <laughs> I, I agree but and heat I'm so grateful for heat yeah. I, I love it yeah <laughs> but what a what a gift to be able to know that you can regulate your body's temperature for the most part, like with the tools that you have. That's really, that's so very helpful framework. I find myself more nervous in the temperature extremes. And I think it's just like conditioning myself to do exactly what you are offering these kids is an opportunity to, yeah, problem solve, plan ahead, adapt in the moment. I think it's really very very cool. So do you find that in your programs that parents are self-selecting into the programs who are prepared for these things? Or are you also having to coach them through some of these weather variances? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I've noticed that some of the kids who sign up for OWL, it's like their parents are trying to find an antidote to indoor screen time. So like, here, go outside and play games with this group of people over there, you know? And, and so 
I hate to label it, but sometimes I felt like like indoor kids would come to OWL. And it was like, because it's just a little after school program once a week, let's see how it goes. And I felt like that's so smart. That's so, I love to provide that role for families. Like here, let's, let's try it. You know, let's, let's, let's make the best of it. Let's figure it out. And then there are families who sign up for all sorts of nature programs around Madison, Wild Harvest Nature Connection, Naturing in Madison, and many others. And, and this is just another one of these nature offerings that works with their schedule, you know? Yeah. Okay. That totally makes sense. So it must feel so great to be offering kids these opportunities to stretch their growth edge, build their resilience. What are some things that you hear from parents or community members about the impact of your program. There's this one family who had two kids in OWL and they were both part of the founders group. And the founders group was a group of students that I, that I started with in 2020. And I call them the founders because they allowed me to start OWL. They sort of were like, Hey, can you do this? One of the parents. Uh, Thanks, Ginger. Mm -hmm. And this one family who had two kids in the program, the mom shared with me that having her kids in OWL completely changed the way their family hung out. Like their family time transformed into like taking a family walk Mm -hmm. or going out on Lake Wingra when they had spare time. Or she even shared that her family vacations have changed. Like they're more outdoor adventure-y. The kids are more open to different types of activities now since being a part of OWL. And that, I I felt honestly like that was giving me a little too much credit, giving the program a little too much credit. (laughs) Cause I'm like, come on, like that was you, right? Like you decided to make those changes, but yeah, (laughs) I think it was both. I've had other parents tell me that their kid brings home some of the knowledge that they've learned about plants or edible things and goes back in their backyard and grabs some salad after school. And I just think that's so great. And you must see transformations of the students, you know, they're away from their families. And so they're kind of in their most raw self state when they're with you. And so do you see kids change quickly in your program? Or are kids really showing up ready to go with the adventures? How do you see kids change through your their time with you? Sometimes, especially at the creek, it's like this rocky creek and the water level is always changing. And so sometimes you can hop along these rocks and walk the whole way down the creek just on the rocks. And if you slip or if you miss, like you get like a wet foot. So the risk is small, but it can be uncomfortable, big enough that you don't really want to do it. <laughs> and sometimes I've seen these kids and like they, they're, ankles are shaking and they're having their hands. It's like they're doing like a bear walk through the creek because their balance isn't developed enough yet to do it just on their own two feet or they just look so unstable and unsturdy as they're walking through, but they're, they're like completely focused. Like if you've ever like climbed something or walked in a creek, you are fully present and completely focused. You can't be thinking about other things and another benefit of outdoor learning. And then I've seen how, I don't know what it is. Is it their core muscles, their ankle muscles? It just like develops. And after enough practice, they're more confident and sure-footed as they walk 
down the creek and, and through the world, right? Like they, they can balance. They're stronger. Yeah. That, it's like that sort of physical growth can lead into being a more confident person and engaging in more types of play. Like, oh, shoot, my group of friends just crossed the creek. How do I get to them? Right? Like just like, whoop, just go. And then I've seen kids. Yeah, it's like they're little fairies hopping on the rocks. <laughs> it's, just, it's great. I see resilience grow. Once you've been outside for a few hours in weather that most people just run to their car in, whatever weather that is for you, once you've been outside in weather like that for an extended amount of time, there's pride. Like, I can do that. I can do anything, right? Yeah, I've seen a lot of confidence and resilience growing. And I've called so many kids tough. And I don't mean tough like they're not soft and tender, because you can be tough and tender at the same time. But it's it's a good skill to to be a little tough sometimes. I love that. I have so many goosebumps over and over as you talk. <laughs> this is so Thanks. cool. So, so, so cool. So you were recently on the leadership team for a big conference in town that you helped plan geared towards nature education. And so could you just give us a quick look into what that was like and what came out of that connection? This was a conference that was sponsored by Green and Healthy Schools. So it was Madison Green and Healthy Schools Outdoor Summit, Embracing Nature Connection and Outdoor Learning for All. And it was geared towards public school teachers to give them some tools, some ideas, some practical things, some theoretical things about how to take their students outside, some things you can do with your kids outside. Preschool teachers came, parents came, grandparents came, community members, therapists came. It was, it was really, it was over 100 people. And this was planning that started in March, and the conference was in June. And <laughs> Victoria Ryberg, she's the environmental ed consultant for DPI. She was the one who was sort of the impetus to get this going because she did one in Milwaukee. And so she asked us to form a team to do it here in Madison. And now it's the first annual. And next year, we'll do it again. And it's it feels like a passion project for me. I just want more kids to spend time outside. It feels like an equity issue. Like, I have this nice outdoor program. Kids get to come and play and learn to garden and all. It's like, that's not fair. That's not for everyone. Everyone should learn these skills. And while OWL does have a scholarship program that I match one-to-one, the the real equity issue is that this should be happening in public schools. We should all get to have this, not just the kids whose families can sign them up for extracurricular. So I think the only way to, you know, address this issue widely is to have all classroom teachers, all schools taking their kids outside on a regular basis throughout all of the seasons. When I started doing outdoor learning with kids, we basically took our learning outside So we would bring math and just go sit outside and do it. And yeah, we had to bring a bunch of materials and we would do read aloud outside, you know, and that was like the first, I'm like, okay, how do I do outdoor learning? I don't know. Let me just do learning outdoors. (laughs) Right. And, and that, that was great. And that was a necessary step and you can do that. And that's got huge benefits. Another thing you can do is 
I'm not going to say scrap the indoor stuff, but we all know the outdoor stuff is more important. So then just do outdoor learning. So look what's going on outside, right? Like right now, leaves are falling. There's black walnuts on the ground. There's acorns. The, the trees are losing their leaves. Okay, why? That's science. Art with all of the different colors. I mean, lit- okay, literacy. L- outdoor education is literacy. Let me just talk about that for a second. Like, if you read a word and you can decode it, which means you can read the sounds, like the word birch, like a birch tree. You can read the word birch. Okay, great. But if you've never identified a birch tree, you've never peeled the bark off, you've never started a fire with birch bark, what literacy is that? If you can just read the word, great, good for you. That's a step, a necessary step. But then it's like you need all this knowledge about the birch tree. And how do you get that? You get it outside with the birch tree, where the birch trees are, right? There's so many things outside to engage with that can improve your literacy, your background knowledge. And, and that should be available to all students. Wow, that was so beautiful. Yeah, and I have to say that... I had heard about this conference throughout the planning process. And when I saw the photos afterwards, I chuckled to myself because the conference was outdoors. And I, in my head, I was thinking, oh, you're going to be in a building, everything like that. And then I chuckled to myself because of, of course the conference was outdoors. I just, it really, my heart just like exploded in that moment. I was just like, yes, of course it was outdoors. How perfect. And so just kudos to you and your planning committee for providing an opportunity for people to come and connect and learn about outdoor education. And I've heard just such phenomenal things about it. And I cannot wait for the second annual one because I will definitely be there. So bravo on that. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, it took a whole planning team. There were six of us. I was just one of the planning team members. It was like, it was like 86 degrees. It was really hot and full sun where we thought the keynote was going to be, but we already had a panel there and everyone's just like melting so hot. And so then I I went to the keynote speaker, Christopher Kilgore of Color in the Outdoors. I was like, Chris, what are we going to do? It's so hot. Should we move it in the gym? Should we go under the oak tree? What do we do? He's like, oh, under the oak tree. I don't need a microphone because he knew that that wasn't like available under there. And it was the perfect spot. Like we just moved over like a hundred feet, set up the chairs, set up the podium. And then it was like, people were comfortable and it was fine. And so, yeah, just like the ability to pivot and thanks to Chris for going under the oak tree. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a perfect, perfect anecdote. Very on brand for for the purpose of the <laughs> of the convention. So Wesley and I both have a really deep love of camp, summer camp. And in both of our work, we each direct our own camps, which means hiring and training and supervising staff to help us carry out our enrichment visions. And that is just really different than just implementing our own programming directly us ourselves with the kids. And so one project that Wesley and I are working on together is a training program for camp counselors. So Wes, do you want to share about what the training will offer and the why behind it? Yeah, it's called the Star Counselor. And being a summer camp counselor is like the best job in the world. And so many young people choose to do it. And for the reasons that we've talked about this whole conversation, it's fun. You get to play, you get to be outside. 
sometimes you you get to be inside doing all these creative different things that aren't offered in a, a school environment perhaps you just get to do different stuff summer camp is just the best and so we were noticing Jamie and I that when the school year ends and we get ready for summer sometimes when we want to teach our staff how to be the best camp counselor in the world we we run out of time because we have to talk about the logistics and the groups of kids who are coming in and what to do if this happens or this it's like we run out of time to really dig deep into number 1 like why why do you want to be a camp counselor and let's talk about that so you can really connect to that in yourself and remember that in on the hard days because there are hard days there are days when you're tired there are days when the kids are more challenging you know and and so like let's connect with our purpose here and so there's that there's also um more basics like uh first aid CPR training let's have you have the tools that you will need like let's give you some icebreakers to play with kids or some topics to talk about while you're walking from place to place some songs fun ways to get kids to get in a circle or to line up or whatever you need we want to have a more comprehensive way to give camp counselors all the tools they need and to make them feel super ready when they are in charge of a group of kids or supporting a group of kids I, yeah, this has been such a fun and exciting project to work on with Wesley, and we're getting ready for our first trainings coming up soon. We have opportunities for middle schoolers even to start preparing to become counselors in training and high schoolers. And then we have an advanced training for our college age staff that may want to move into leadership. And so it's been really fun. And Wesley said it perfectly that there we do as camp directors run out of time to fully prepare our staff in the way that with the best expression of what a camp counselor can be. And so it's been really, really exciting to work on that with Wesley. And it's really nice because we do come from somewhat different programming backgrounds with the, the programs that we run with kids. And so I think, I think we're a wonderful team. We really complement each other and what we, what we bring and, and we share a deep love of camp. So that has been really, really exciting. So Wesley, if you could wave a magic wand on behalf of kids in 2023, what would you wish for them? And what messages would you tell them? Listen to your parents when they tell you to go play outside. That's it. It's simple, right? I love it. That's perfect. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Wesley, thank you so much for joining me today and for being in it for youth. Thank you for making your impression on kids and families. You have opened my eyes over the years to the ways that kids can be outside, the way that I can be outside, and your your impact runs deep in the community. And I'm excited for our listeners to hear all that you're doing and hopefully help to get those kids outside as well. So please tell listeners where they can find out more about Outdoors We Learn, how to reach you online and social media share all the links and we will put them in the show notes. Okay. Awesome. Outdoors. We learn Madison.com is the website. Facebook is outdoors. We learn same with Instagram. Yeah, that's that. Leslie, thank you so much. You are amazing. I loved our conversation as always. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next time with another awesome story of how people can be in it for youth. Thank you, Jamie. 
In It For Youth is a Lit Path Studios production. Music is by Inspiring Audio and Pond5. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And to learn more about this show and all other shows on the network, visit www.litpathstudios.com.